0: Amen. Well, good morning. Lovely to see you all. Hope you've had a good week. It's been a bit of a weird week, hasn't it, with the whole EU thing and all the virus stuff, but let's keep praying for that. That will be important. And what I want to do is just think about the church, where we're at, what we're going to be going for in this next season. And one thing that happened to me uh, actually on sabbatical right at the beginning was that I was contacted by the Archbishop of Canterbury, and um, basically invited to become one of his evangelists. I'd never, I'd never sort of even knew that such a thing existed. So I got this um, amazing invitation for lunch at Lambeth Palace, and um, you know, I was interviewed by another bishop. You had to basically uh, um, sort of pass the test. Commit to speak about Jesus and also help other people speak to Jesus. And it was just this amazing invitation. I felt really excited. Is this really echoing? Isn't it? Is it all right? Hands up if you think I should change mics. Oh, well, that's all right. It just sounds a bit weird to me. So I'll just keep going. I'm going to ignore it, okay? So. I was really excited about this invitation and uh, I thought, wow, this is amazing, amazing. But actually, what I want to think about this morning is God's invitation on our lives uh, with all he's calling us to do. And it is extraordinary. It's much more exciting than the Archbishop of Canterbury's invitation uh, that he gave to me. That's probably a controversial (laughs) thing to say, isn't it? So we might have to delete the recording, but there you go, just so he doesn't find out. Now, our vision is to love God, love people, make a difference, and we want to transform Guildford and beyond. That means we need to be people who live a life of significance, and we're looking at the life of Moses under this title, Living Courageously. And all I wanna do, really, this morning is draw three things out of Moses' life uh, that we can think about on this Vision Sunday as we individually and corporately just think, about where we're up to. Do you want to live a life of significance? I said, do you want to live a life of significance? We all do. So this is how Moses kind of ended up doing this. First, Moses had a big vision of God. Moses had a big vision of God. I'm looking at Exodus chapter three. Get it up in front of you in your phones. We'll go through this, verse one to 11. Or there's Bibles at the back if you'd like a Bible. Um, but we, this is what we're gonna look at. Moses had this big vision of God. Now, I was 50 this year, and Bex one uh, mealtime with the boys. She said, uh, Mike, this is for you, for your birthday. Guess what it was? It was a trip to Barcelona with the family. And has anyone been to Barcelona? It was just this amazing thing. It's not something we do. We don't do lots of city breaks. So it was a big, a big thing. We went to the Sagrada Familia, which is this church in Barcelona. And it's massive. I was thinking, uh, let's go inside. Hopefully with the boys, it'll be all right and they won't get too bored, you know. Uh, and we walked in and it was like, so I'm asking you how is your vision of God where are you vision is really really important because vision leads to fruit do you like Handel's Messiah Uh, Handel wrote that in 24 days and uh, he stayed up day and night writing that and his servant went into his quarters he was lying on the floor just wrecked and it was really worried about him and he said look what's you're right. He said, uh, he said, look, I've just had this extraordinary vision of God. I think I've seen the Lord. And he wrote the Messiah 24 days. Quite amazing. Now, Helen Keller, if you've heard of Helen Keller, she was a, a blind and deaf lady. She was the first blind and deaf lady in America ever to um, get a degree. And she had an amazing life. She said this. She's blind, remember. She said, the most tragic people are people who can see... But have no vision. So I'm asking you on this Vision Sunday, how's your vision uh, at this time in your life? Are you living with vision? Now, you might be sitting there thinking, uh, no, <laughs> I don't, my life's a mess, I'm exhausted, I'm too busy, whatever it is. You might feel forgotten. You might think, oh, I haven't even thought about this. Now, the, what's so encouraging about Moses is he's in that place. He feels forgotten by God, live a significant life, what? Uh, God, who? And uh, you'll know as we catch up with him, here's a very quick summary of the story we've looked at so far. He's basically uh, in Egypt, Joseph has has led the Israelites down to Egypt. They're in slavery, they're persecuted. Pharaoh then wants to take the Israelites out. He orders that all Hebrew boys are killed. Moses is born, Hebrew boy. His mom floats him down the river so he's not executed or ethnically cleansed. And uh, he ends up in Pharaoh's court. And uh, he's there for many, many years getting the best education, the best training, the best input, the best things money can buy. And uh, then when he's about 40, He is just walking along, and he sees an Egyptian mistreat, one of the Hebrew, one of his Hebrew's brothers, and he gets really angry, uh, because he's a passionate person, and he kills him. And uh, he ends up fleeing into the desert, because he suddenly thinks, I'm going to, you know, Pharaoh wants to kill me now, I've got to go and hide. So when we catch up with him in Exodus chapter 3, he's a bit like David, he's tending sheep, and he's in the middle of nowhere. And he's been there for 40 years, he's been Absolutely nowhere for 40 years. Uh, It's like, let me read this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Horeb means desert or desolate. And so he's in the middle of nowhere. He's forgotten. He's lost. He's been there 40 years. Think about that. It's hard to get your head around. Since 1980, he's been there in modern times. You know, it's like, You know, um, the Rubik's Cube has just been invented. That's where Moses went into the desert. You know, um, John Mackerel is at his height. You know, this is like Daley Thompson throwing his javelins. You know, this is like he's been there a long time, overlooked and forgotten. But he has this encounter with God and this vision of God. And it all starts with something very, very ordinary. Verse two, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush, Moses saw, though, that the bush was on fire. It didn't burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Because He's forgotten. He has no vision. He's kind of given up. He's lost his origins. And then he sees a burning bush. And I want to encourage you on this Vision Sunday as we think about how we can love God, love people, make a difference, to do what Moses did. And firstly, be attentive he notices. What's God doing in your life? What is God stirring up in you? Are you listening? Uh, are you being attentive? God's always speaking. You know, I, I speak to Christians who, oh, God said this. God's been doing this. I speak to unchurched people. Yeah, they talk, yeah, there was someone on Alpha the other night, not a Christian. Yeah, God, I really feel God's saying this. Goes, yeah, God's always speaking. What is God saying to you? Are you being attentive to what the Lord is saying? You also need to do a Moses and be present. Moses said, here I am. Here I am. And it's important if we're to see God do all he wants to do through us, that we're present to God. Here I am. I'm listening, I'm attentive, and here I am. And it's really, really easy in the busyness of life and emails and Twitter and Netflix and um, all this stuff not to be attentive or present to God. But we must be if we're to uh, be people who live a significant life. I loved what Pete's doing, you know, with the Sabbath and the reality of it, that it's not a super spiritual thing. It can be quite tough, but it's wonderful too. So, how present uh, are you to God? And then finally, we, we need to remember who we're dealing with. And one of the things, I read a theological paper years ago, and I haven't forgotten it, but his whole thing, Walter Brueggemann, is that we tend to um, forget who God is and what he's called us to do. And we have amnesia, he says, in the church. We've got to remember who it is we're dealing with. And I love this image uh, of God, that he's uh, huge and powerful. And you can see what happens. Moses goes over to the bush. He gets a call from God. He hears God's voice. He says, here I am. And then God says this, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. How is your relationship with God? How reverential uh, are you being? How uh, awestruck are you? Have you got any sort of Sagrada familiar in you or any handle in you or any, what, what's happening in your relationship with God at the moment? Now I don't think you can, you can manufacture vision, I don't think you can manufacture encounter, but what we can do is be people who seek God, who uh, are attentive, who listen, and who are present to God. And I want to, on this Vision Sunday, encourage us to be seekers of the Lord, and uh, to be seekers of vision for our life. And you must never ever give up, or become cynical, or bitter, or uh, I've done my dash, I've passed my sell by date. The best is in the past. Moses was 80, year old, 80 years old when he had this. Been in the desert 40 years. Uh, and the best is yet to come with God. The best is always uh, yet to come. So on this Vision Sunday, I want to encourage us you know, uh, to, be, to be visionaries ourselves, to be people who are seeking God and who have this uh, vision uh, of God. Are you with me? Are you gripped so far? Yeah. Okay, well that's a relief. So secondly, if we want to lead a significant life, uh, we actually need to have a big heart for other people in the busyness of life, in our culture which tells us to improve ourselves and have these trainers and eat in this certain way and uh, have that car and excel at work and we can very, very easily make our life just about us. But actually, God's people, God's heroes to this day always have a massive heart for other people and you see this in uh, God himself. Uh, God hasn't forgotten Moses and he hasn't forgotten his people in slavery in Egypt. This is verse seven to nine. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now the cry of the Israelites have reached me And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. God has a massive heart for people, and Jesus has a massive heart for people. And uh, you see that in the way he lived his life. And one thing that's so amazing about St. Saviour's and all you lot is that you have a massive heart for people. And, uh, you know, you're so generous, You, you... have this extraordinary heart for people. We had Alpha the other night. We had, it was a real buzz the other night. I spoke to three, Christi- three christians unchurch people, and they said, they all spoke about St. Saviour's. It's an amazing church. No, do you come? No, I don't, I don't. You know, uh, it's an amazing church what you do in the community. Special needs work, additional needs work is amazing. What you do with the homeless is extraordinary. With the refugees, you're such a generous church. You're just an amazing church. And that's because we we have a big heart for people and uh, I want to encourage you not just to pray for vision but check in on your heart uh, for other people at this time and I want to ask a question it is it, are you growing spiritually are you growing spiritually at this time because the way you grow spiritually is by serving other people and laying down your life for other people that's the, that's the quickest way of growing and taking risks and uh, what is spiritual transformation? Here's a, here's a definition for you. It may come up. It may not, but I'll read it. Spiritual transformation is the process by which Christ formed in us, by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. This is spiritual transformation. And I want to ask you are you growing? Um, are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your love of God? Because this is really, really important that we are uh, growing. And we had a talk from Paul Harcourt on the staff retreat. He heads up new wine. He said, you know, do make sure you continue to grow. And he said, the, he said as people, we find ourselves in three categories often uh, in terms of being challenged and stretched and growing. He said, the first is that we can feel dangerously overstretched. And we're like in the red zone. Is that you? I mean, life is busy, right? Uh, You in that zone. He said, you've got to be slightly careful of that. He said, if you second lot of people can be appropriately challenged. You feel in your life, yeah, I feel appropriately challenged in my faith. And uh, yeah, I feel I am sort of uh, taking this seriously and all the rest of it. And then he said the first thing, sorry, the third thing is you feel under-challenged. And uh, you just feel. He said. He said. Often people don't really realise that they're under-challenged, but actually you feel a bit grumpy. You feel a bit grumpy with God. You feel a bit. The church isn't quite right. And uh, he said, actually, that can be a sign of being under-challenged. And interestingly, of all the three things, probably that's the most lethal: the under-challenged. And so um, I want to just ask you, are you growing spiritually? Is your faith growing? Are you stepping out? Uh, Have you got a big heart for other people? Are you serving other people? Really, really important. And if you want to grow, do you know the zone to be in? What zone do you think you grow most in? It's between two and one. So you're more than appropriately challenged, but you're not sort of in the red zone. So you're feeling stretched, when, did you last, when were you last in a situation where you thought, God, you have got to come through? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I do that. And some people are saying this morning, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. But we can also um, just be a bit dull and, and just become ro- robotic, and we don't grow, and that's not good for us. And our church vision, our priorities in this season to build family, to shine brightly, and to live courageously depend on us all, me included, growing spiritually and serving other people. And uh, the shine brightly just for the benefit of anyone new to the church, we want to be people who speak about Jesus, who lift the name of Jesus high uh, in an unashamed, unembarrassed way uh, because we've seen who he is and who we're dealing with, and what he's doing in our lives. We've had a great Alpha course. Uh, If you want to come along and do Alpha, do come and do Alpha if if you're wanting to explore faith. But as a church, we're pressing into how we can be more outward focused, more in the local community, and, and actually be people who see more and more people come to faith through the power of God. So that's the first thing. Uh, we're wanting to build family. We're wanting this to be the family of God. And someone said to me last week, you know, Sa- Sa- Saviors is such a great church family. It's just, we've been on this great journey together. This year, we've got a number of things we're doing to build our family life, to actually uh, get to know one another better. And I'd say, if you're not in a pod group, that's a great place to start. And can we give the pod leaders a big round of applause for all they're doing, who are leading these small groups? And then we're living courageously. This is what we're talking about. We're trying to be like Moses. who We we don't just go with the flow and jump in the river of our materialistic, consumeristic culture, but we actually stand differently and we live differently and we model uh, the life of God with people around us, uh, which is wonderful. It's the path of joy, but it's tough as well. It's not for the faint-hearted. So... Are you growing? Could you be praying uh, and thinking about uh, where you're at, how you can grow, where you can serve, what God is calling you to uh, in this season? So that's the uh, second thing. This brings me on to the next thing. Thirdly and finally, if Uh, We're going to live a life of significance. If we're going to have any chance of being a a church who loves God, loves people, makes a difference with greater um, impact, which uh, I hope we're all up for, is we've got to be people who exercise our gifts. We've got to be people who exercise uh, our gifts. And uh, this is really, really important. Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know uh, what God's called you to Become uh, and to do. And uh, you know, God has extraordinary purposes for your life. If you think about who He is, what He's revealed to you, and what He wants you to do, uh, it's amazing. And my, I'm not saying you're going to be famous. I'm not saying you're going to have two million followers on Twitter. I, I, I'm not saying you'll be on talk shows, but. What I'm saying is you can live an extraordinary life, a life of massive, massive impact. And we often, when we lose our vision of God, when we lose our heart for other people, we end up not really believing that and thinking, oh, I'm forgotten, or that's, I used to believe that when I first came to faith, you know? Hey, God, nothing is impossible with God, but God had big plans for Moses and he had massive plans for you. If you look at, uh, I love this bit. So God's saying, I'm gonna rescue the Israelites. Then he says this in verse 10 to Moses. So now go, Moses, you've been nowhere for 40 years. You're a murderer. You've been forgotten. You've been looking after sheep. Uh, you know, you think you're too old. You're overlooked. You're I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. You are. <laughs> is that me? But you, you've got to recognize this is so serious the giftedness and the calling of God on your life. And this Vision Sunday, I would just really desperately want to remind you of that so crucial. It's not boring. It's not a duty. It's not something we have to do as Christians. This is for the sake of Jesus, for the kingdom, for the love of other people. And I get tired of it at times. I lose my vision at times. I lose my enthusiasm at times. But we've got to be people who go for it and never give up, and always serve, and always press on, and always have faith and vision of the one we're worshiping. Because you can get lost, particularly if you're a bit older, you can get lost. But this is so, so important. Uh, In New Zealand, I I met someone, I'd even forgotten about them, and I'd spoken to Jesus uh, about them, not a Christian, big entrepreneur, big womanizer, married, unfaithful to his wife, mucking around with all sorts of women, taking lots of drugs. I saw him in New Zealand a month ago and he said, you know, I came to Alpha and I heard about Jesus and it's changed my life, it's changed my marriage. I've got daughters, Uh, it's changed my family, it's changed my wider family. He said, I'm just going into, uh, I've just gone into AA. I've stopped drinking, I've stopped drugs, I'm clean. He said, I used to wake up in the morning and look at my phone on the photos of what I got up to the night before. He said, I couldn't remember and they were disgusting, most of them. If my wife had seen any of them, my marriage would be over. But do you understand what you've got in your hands? Do you understand how significant this is? So, do you know what your gifts are? In England, (laughs) we're oh no, oh no. (laughs) Do you know what your gifts are? Do you know what God's calling you to in this season? I put a couple of questionnaires in happening to help you start thinking about that. But it's really, really, really important that we step out and go for this. Because you've got gold in your heart. You've got the power of the spirit living in your life. Uh, you can touch people in extraordinary ways. Uh, I have done that myself. If you if you talk, if you described to me as a 24-year-old before I came to faith, what God would do in and through me? I just no way. I'm like Moses. Well, you are? Really? You are. But press on and press into Jesus. And do not be silenced, do not be discouraged, do not take yourself off the pitch and go for it. What's God stirring up in your heart? Now, I got that amazing invitation from the Archbishop of Canterbury and, um, to go and have lunch at Lambeth Palace and it was October the 17th, I think it was. I looked at my diary and I couldn't go because I I was going to wash my hair on that day. Um, But I didn't go, uh, because I was actually overseas. But, you know, uh, I want to just give you uh, an invitation uh, this morning, which you've already been given. Moses got one. All the people of God get one. It's from your heavenly Father. It says this, Your heavenly Father requests the pleasure of your company and invites you to find life and life to the full, By living in his love, worshiping him through identifying and exercising your gifts in the service of others. Reception to follow in eternity. RSVP over leaf. leaf. Three boxes, I'm in. Not now. No thanks. I want you to go away this week There you go. Just um, pray over these invitations, not the invitations, but pray that you just um, think about where God is putting you, where God is inviting you into in this season of your life. And uh, the RSVP bit's really important because the heroes of faith say yes, and they say yes in the good times and bad. They say yes when they don't feel like it, They say yes when they don't believe it, and they just keep saying yes to God, and in the same way that he's always accessible and available to him, he's always accessible and available uh, to us. It's the greatest invitation you'll ever get. So we're part of an amazing church We're loving God, we're loving people, we're making a difference. We're here to transform Guildford. Don't get sidetracked, don't get bogged down in stuff that's not important. And we're going to build family here increasingly. It's something we all do together. We're gonna shine brightly. We're we're just getting started with that as a church, missionly, and it's just amazing stuff on the horizon. And we're gonna live courageously. Amen.